Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we're finally back on a winning football podcast. Uh, And and I, I could not be more excited to talk about IU football this week after uh, a lot of weeks of uh, doom and gloom, uh, hot seat talk and all those things. Indiana knocked off Wisconsin uh, 20 to 14 on Saturday at Memorial Stadium to keep bowl hopes and that playoff mindset alive. It was uh, probably the best all around game that IU played. That doesn't mean that they were great in every phase of the game, but all around it was um, probably the best brand of football IU has played in a long time. And and hopefully this is the launching pad uh, to a, a run here in the last quarter of the season that, you know, has postseason dreams. But uh, how are you doing, TJ? Yeah, doing well. Uh, certainly pleasant to discuss an IU Big Ten win. It's It's been a rarity the past year and a half, so or two and a half years, really. Um, so it's never something you can take for granted at all. Beating Wisconsin is not an easy thing to do. Uh, diving into that game, I think you can look at it one of two ways, and I think both ways are probably correct. Uh, you know, the, the optimist would say, look at that, you put it together, you managed to, to come out on top, found a way to win, um, you know, had a really good defensive effort, offense had a solid, really good first quarter, um, and played a good first half, and then, you know, I guess you could say did enough, even though they did basically nothing in the second half, but, um, you know, came out on top. And then the pessimist could say, yeah, Wisconsin was without their best player in Braylon Allen. They were without Tanner Mordecai at quarterback. Wisconsin outgained Indiana. IU had 1.8 yards rushing on 41 rushing attempts, which is awful. Uh, So you could look at it kind of both ways and I think both ways would be correct I suppose Uh, what you're left with is that I felt like Indiana's defense did a really good job against Wisconsin gave up one big play and that was a play that IU looked confused before the snap on defense should have called timeout did not and as a result gave up you know a, a slant pass that goes I think it was 54 yards um, for, for a touchdown. Um, That part, take that play away. And I use defense was outstanding. Uh, Got consistent pressure on Braden Locke. Uh, I thought tackled pretty well against a physical Wisconsin running game, held Wisconsin to 3.6 yards per rush. They ran it 28 times uh, to get that. That's a really good number. Um, I thought Indiana's linebackers, particularly Aaron Casey, again, were outstanding. 
um, well-deserved recognition for Aaron Casey this week. So, and, and, you know, props to the secondary for making some plays. Jordan Shaw uh, got the start and looked really good. Looked really good. Uh, Philip Dunham made a play. Um, You know, I, I, I think that it was encouraging growth from some young guys in the secondary that, again, outside of that one play, which I don't think was necessarily the secondary's fault, there was confusion all around on the defense on that play. Outside of that, just a great, great day for the defense. Um, Offensively, I think that there's a lot of concern of how the offensive line performed in the second half without Khalil Benson. Um, He left, was in street clothes uh, for the second half of that game, so definitely was not able to go back in. It was not precautionary or anything like that. It was a you know legitimate injury. We don't know his status, but uh, the the second half offense was basically you know hold on and try to get out of this game with the win. Yeah, um, is really what it looked like, and I felt it was conservative. Seems like the wrong word. Um, it it. It was really an offense that was hoping the clock would run faster and you could get out of there with the win. Um, yeah. I, I mean, when you have – you, you, you tried to do some yeah, gadget plays with Jalen Lucas and they get knocked for a loss. And when you're you're ahead and, and you're yep. behind the chains like that, you're, you're not going to get overly aggressive, especially with, with – you know, as – Bad as IU's line looked in the second half, Wisconsin made a great adjustment on defense. Started bringing a bringing a lot of pressure, knowing that Sales was in there and struggling, um, and things like that. But it's they they did just enough in the second half. They had, I mean, that they almost did nothing, literally nothing. Thirty six yards, um you know, minus nine yards rushing in that in the second half after putting together 225 yards, 84 rushing yards. And I hate that the college uses sacks as, as rushing yeah. yards. Cause it's not, it's not a rush. It's a pass and you get tackled trying to pass. Um, but so some good things on offense, uh, you had Donovan McCulley is really starting to turn into a nice go-to receiver mm-hmm. for IU. Um, I thought they yeah. ran the ball well in the first half against uh, against Wisconsin, where you got three, four yards on first down and and moved the ball well. And yeah, there are a couple moments where you go, oh, oh, they fumble like the on on the mesh point to Josh Henderson and and on the yeah. option play, which a better pitch ends the game right there with the first down. Yep. But, um, you know, EJ Williams is coming into his own. He uh, had four catches for 48 yards, showed why he's a former five-star recruit, uh, can bully people, draw pass interference calls. Um, and then, you know, defensively, you can't say enough about Aaron Casey, like you said. And then, you know, you created havoc plays. They, they, IU recovered their first two fumble recoveries of the year. You had nine pass breakups. None of them went for interceptions, although a couple of them could have. I thought Jordan Shaw's pass breakup at the near the end of the game in, in the fourth quarter 
I don't know if he touched it or not. It went right through his hands, and it looked like he didn't touch it. Um, but that could have yeah. been a pick, and probably a pick six. Uh, you know, like you said, Philip Dunham made two big plays, and then you, you had a couple defensive linemen, uh, get their hands up. Linnell Carr, Andre Carter. I thought Marcus Burris got one in there too. I guess they credited mm-hmm. it to Carter. Um, and then it, it was nice to see, um. Joshua Rudolph play well, you know, four tackles, tackle for loss. Yeah. Uh, Matt Holt had two tackles. You're starting to build that depth. And I think, you know, this is the optimist. This was a very new team together. And, you know, you heard, I heard all these basketball fans saying you need time to gel and all that stuff. Um, well, maybe this team needed some time to gel on defense and you know you look at what Rutgers did against Ohio State Rutgers might be actually pretty good not on offense but the defense might be pretty good um oh yeah but yeah. you know Soresby 19-31 took care of the ball ran the ball when needed uh very well and then you know the defense over three on fourth downs but it all sets up a a what could be a fun three games but uh you got to win the next one to make the the next one count, and then the next one count. Um, Indiana plays Illinois coming up. Illinois uh, knocked off Minnesota in a wild, wacky game, uh, 27-26, to move to four and five uh, overall. It's, you know, you start to look at the West, TJ, and and this is the last year of divisions, but that Big Ten West took it on the chin, uh, on Saturday, you had Nebraska go down to to Michigan State, um, Minnesota, who was tied for first in the Big Ten West, lost the game they really should have won um, I, I, against Illinois, and then you had you know the whatever fiasco at Wrigley Field with Iowa and Northwestern that was ten seven, um, and, and Iowa sitting there as a two loss team at top of the West, um, but. What's your initial impressions on on Illinois? Well, on on defense, it it really starts and ends with Jerzon Newton, uh, defensive tackle for the Illini, really makes their defense tick. Uh, he did not play in the first half of the Minnesota game due to a uh, ejection um, at the end of the Wisconsin game, so he had to sit out the first half of uh, of their game against Minnesota. And it made a major, major difference when he was able to go back into the game. Minnesota really didn't do anything in the second half uh, after establishing a lead. He's just a a force in the middle of that defensive line, tackles for loss. He leads the team in sacks, uh, makes everybody around him better. And his pressure that he can apply into the opposing backfield breaks up running plays and uh, pressure in the middle of the pocket on a quarterback helps that Illinois secondary, which is definitely in a rebuilding phase. Uh, If you can figure out a way to effectively limit Newton's ability to get into the backfield, uh, you're, you're set up pretty well to have success against Illinois. Yeah. And that's going to come down to to be a game wrecker. If he's able to be a game wrecker, then, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble and that leaves, you know, the questions about the uh, availability of Khalil Benson as a major point for this game. Yeah, and and Benson won't get go against um, 
Johnny Newton. He, he that everybody calls him right. Johnny Newton. So when you're watching the game and you go, "Where's this Newton guy?" It's Johnny Newton. Um, the the issue is is who do you replace Benson with? Um, do, does yeah. Matt Bedford kick out? But you you want since Newton plays that defensive tackle position, it's going to be on the interior line you know, to take care of them. Minnesota had the double team, which let outside guys um, get better, uh, better rushes, looks, uh, easier blocks to to overcome, to get to the quarterback. Uh, looking at Minnesota's second half stats in the first half, uh, you know, 191 total yards, second half, 69. They ran for 61 yards, so not great in the first half, ran for 32 in the second half. Um, and just, you know, couldn't get anything going 0 for 7 on third downs. They gave up two sacks in the second half, and a lot of that was uh, because of Newton. But if Indiana can figure out maybe Zach Carpenter and, and Matt Bedford neutralized uh, Newton, the, the hope is you could use one guy to neutralize him, but he is so good um, at that defensive tackle position. And you have Keith Randolph, who – has been banged up and, and hasn't been a hundred percent. And Brett Bielema said that they're kind of going to back off of him in practice this week. Those two guys could, can wreck the game for Illinois um, that way as well. But for, for Indiana, it's if you play how you played the last two weeks and, and especially against Wisconsin, when you didn't muff a punt. And I know that it's kind of laughable thinking that that's progress that you didn't, you caught your punts. Well, Indiana did. They didn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, they they went one for one on fourth down. Uh, they won the special teams battle. Um, you know, you, you missed one field goal that was super close uh, to, to being yeah. good. But they made all those plays that you need to win a game. And they won it. Uh, you never want to call an IU football game comfortably. But they led that game essentially wire to wire, uh, and Wisconsin didn't tie it or take the lead. So in IU, the IU football world, that's a pretty comfortable, uh, comfortable lead. Right. So, um, yeah. You know, Offensively for Illinois, I, you know, Luke Altmaier, uh, Brett Bielema said he would be involved in the game in some aspect. I think he's probably going to start. Um, I, I would. I think if he's able to play, then I don't see why he would not start. Now, uh, they were saved by John Paddock, Ball State transfer that came in, uh, made three, uh, three, yeah, three for three, and set up and, and set up the game winner, including uh, which was a pass to Isaiah Williams uh, to win that game for them. They they led then Minnesota took the lead and then Illinois took it back with the late drive as John Paddock comes in makes the play now look is John Paddock better than Luke Altmeyer? no if he was he would have played prior to that Altmeyer, he he's fine but he's going to make some mistakes he turns it over uh 10 interceptions for Luke Altmeyer, and Illinois does not throw a ton um so that that's a fairly large number uh, for Luke Altmeyer on the season. He he will absolutely make mistakes um, running. You know they they would prefer as as you know 
Brett Bielema would prefer to just smash the ball, but they they can't do that. Their offensive line is not very good this year. It's it's a weakness for them. Um, Reggie Love is their preferred tailback. He's getting more involved. We'll see if he's able to give it a go. Uh, they have moved Caden Fagan in to that uh, kind of bell cow role. Um, and he's, he looks like a, a pretty good future player for Illinois. He's already good right now. He's a big back. Uh, it moves fairly well for his size, but is more of a, a physical brute. Um, can get involved in the passing game. He had a long receiving touchdown uh, against Minnesota. Yeah, uh, 148 4. total yards per carry. So, yeah, he's averaging uh, 4.7 per carry and really coming into his own. So even if Reggie Love does play, you're going to see Caden Fagan a lot, uh, and IU's going to have to tackle him, um, and it, it could take you know a bit of a team effort. Again, speed, not his thing. Uh, it's not that he's slow, but he's not a burner. Yeah, he's a big physical back. Um, receiving, they really lean on Isaiah Williams. He's definitely oh, yeah. the go-to target for them. Yep. Uh, there's, I mean, Pat Bryant and, and Casey Washington are kind of, two and three, but they are a distant two and three. Yeah, Isaiah Williams it, is definitely the go-to guy. Yeah, Illinois threw 34 passes last week. 17 of those targets went to Isaiah Williams. And I'm not a math teacher, but that's mm. 50% um, right there. Yeah. He had 13 catches for 131 yards, two touchdowns. He's also the Big Ten's leading punt returner as well. That's something to look out for. Um you know, Indiana did give up a, a long punt return last week with broken tackles. Yep. That's going to be important um, to get James Evans to to not outkick the coverage too much uh, and, and pin Illinois deep. Uh, and then, I, again, I go back to last year. That's a, a game Illinois felt that they should have won. They, they thought that the refs uh, screwed them out of a touchdown uh, by Pat Bryant, which – is debatable at best. Uh, but, you know, that was an Illinois team that won eight games and, and Indiana knocked them off in in the opener. But, yeah, it's if you shut down Isaiah Williams, this offense really hasn't done much a, after that. And looking at the, the Luke Altmaier, he got hurt uh, on that final drive on a – it was a sack fumble that Illinois recovered. That's how close they were to, to losing. Um yeah, it, I, I'm not a medical guy, um, you know, a doctor or anything like that. He got hit pretty hard, hit his head on the turf pretty hard. Brett Bielema said he, he in his Monday press conference that he would be involved in the game. But that's not saying he's healthy and, and all that stuff. So that's another thing to look out for heading into the game. It's who's going to start. Uh, and then, you know give credit to John Paddock, but I don't understand how Isaiah Williams gets behind behind the the Minnesota defense for a 46-yard touchdown pass uh, down the seam, uh, you know, right in the middle of two safeties. So let's go to a matchup to watch, TJ. I have a feeling yours is going to be in the trenches. Well, one, one key statistic to point out here, uh, Illinois really bad on third down. Uh, 107th in the country at just 44 uh, percent converted uh, that that puts them down there with terrible teams like Purdue uh, see what I did there 
uh, get a jab in on the Boilermakers. But um, Illinois just slightly ahead of the Boilermakers. But again, it, point stands, not good at all on third down. Uh, and in their last three games, even worse, they are 40% flat, uh, which would have them at the uh, ranking at the bottom um, of the country. Now, that's, that is uh, opponent third down conversion. So on defense, uh, opponent third down conversion. So, um, you know, the, the strength for Illinois, they would, they would tell you, is probably, you know, that defensive line. But even so, they are giving up. Uh, you know, one of the highest opponent percentage uh, conversion rates on third down. So that's going to be a key for Indiana is to, one, maintain possession, which they did really well against Wisconsin in the first half, dominated time of possession. Uh, to be able to do that again, play at the pace and the tempo that IU wants to play at, uh, which is going to be a bit more of a grinded-out uh, mentality, manage the clock, uh, and keep the ball in your possession, converting on those third downs, taking advantage of that Illinois weakness is going to be a key for the Hoosiers. But, yeah, the matchup to watch is definitely going to be how does the interior of IU's defensive line handle Johnny Newton um, and the Illinois defensive front, which, again, all keyed by Newton. If you can take care of him and effectively prevent him from wrecking havoc, then you can focus on those outside guys, which they like to to bring with the extra attention that Newton gets uh, to bring. Now, they don't get have a ton of success getting to the passer. Um, if you take Newton's sacks out of the equation, they are at just nine and a half sacks as a team. Uh, he's got four and a half. The rest of the uh, the whole team with nine and a half. So um, I think there's an opportunity here for IU's off or defensive uh, or IU's offensive line to to have another solid day and give Brendan Sorsby a chance uh, to make some plays. And Sorsby's mobility is going to be a key here. He's not a statue back there. He can move, and I think he almost makes plays a little better when they Indiana is able to move the pocket. Um, yep. I felt that they were successful with that, moving the pocket, not necessarily having him just run around and make plays, uh, but designed to move the pocket one way or another uh, with the action flowing to that side of the field for him to be able to make a decision. Okay, I've got one read. I've got my second read, maybe a third read. If they're not there, I'm going to take care of the ball and take off to pick up what I can uh, with my legs. And I, I think that that has been a pretty good fit for Indiana's offense to stay on schedule. And then the way that they've been able to run the ball with the exception of that Wisconsin second half, doing a good enough job of staying on schedule on offense. Uh, but if you can't block Johnny Newton and he's able to get into the backfield at will, none of that's going to matter. And IU is going to be behind the schedule on offense and they have not shown the ability to make up for that consistently. If this IU offense gets behind the chains, they're probably going to have to punt. Yeah. that And that's something that I did really well in the first half against Wisconsin. Uh, you, you know, yep. you go back to that. I think they had 15 or so, um, especially in the first quarter, IU had was first downs. Uh, 
IU was three or two or four on third downs, one or one on on first down. Um, they had a whole bunch of first downs uh, through that play. So, you know, at least seven first downs. Um, yeah, seven yeah. first downs yeah. in the first half. Or four, seven in the four. first quarter, seven in the second quarter, fourteen in the first half, um, and then just six first downs, uh, in the second half, and that's just it. it that's what made IU's offense yeah. good in in the first half was you moved the ball, you chewed up clock, you held the ball for twenty almost twenty one minutes in the first half. Uh, you wish you could get more points. They left a bunch of points on the field with the the missed touchdown that goes through McCulley's hands. That was a absolute rocket from Soresby and then the missed field goal. So you're looking at maybe in, it's 21-7 um, instead of 17-7 and things like that. So there is room for improvement for the IU offense. Um, but my matchup to watch is Indiana's receivers against – Illinois' defensive backs. As you said, Illinois' uh, defensive backs are kind of a, a weakness for them, but Indiana has question marks at receiver too. Uh, Camp Camper was announced out for the season on Monday. He's been in and out of the lineup uh, trying to recover from the ACL tear from last year. Maybe he came back too quickly, but he had a procedure to clean that up and, and get right. So, And then Omar Cooper leaves the game against Wisconsin. He got rolled up on blocking. I think a Wisconsin player kind of rolled up on him uh, there in the first half. He never returned. Uh, that would be a big loss. I thought Omar Cooper has been one of the better receivers, uh, at least the more probably the most dynamic receiver IU has had all season. Uh, but you get EJ Williams back in the lineup. You have Dakeese Carter, who's become more involved. And maybe you could throw Cam Perry and Jalen Lucas, who is – um, you know, he kind of looked better on, on Saturday, but he still doesn't look like himself in, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but hopefully, uh, if Cooper's back, you feel pretty good about that matchup. Uh, TJ, let's get the keys, keys of the game. We kind of touched on them earlier. What's your, your first key to the game? Illinois, uh, has not been very good at all taking care of the ball this season, uh, they are minus six in turnover margin. Um, that includes minus four in home games, which, you know, debatable whether or not that matters where the turnovers take place, but uh, not good at all. Minus six is going to place you uh, down near the bottom. I think Illinois was 114th uh, in turnover margin. Um, Indiana, 91st, so not great either. So neither team does a great job of taking care of the ball, but I feel like Indiana, since making the change to Brendan Sorsby full-time, has done a better job of taking care of the ball, and the defense finally broke through and recovered a fumble last week and added a second one for good measure. Um, winning the turnover battle against Wisconsin, a big reason why they're able to win that game. So I'm going to, you know, that, that turnover battle, always a key and with a game that figures to be one that is not particularly high scoring, possessions could come at a premium, points are going to come at a premium. Uh, I think that uh, turnovers are going to be something definitely to keep an eye on if Indiana can force some mistakes from Illinois and capitalize on them with short fields. That would be a huge bonus. 
Yeah, and with nine pass breakups, maybe now Indiana's defensive backs are, are starting to get the hand their hands on yeah. on uh, passes and tip balls should be pick balls. Um, you know, maybe you get an interception or two uh, for for good measure and and win the turnover battle there. Um, my key to the game, TJ, is limit mistakes. And you you've seen what you've done when you've limited mistakes against uh, Wisconsin, and you kind of limited some of the mistakes against you didn't eliminate the mistakes against Penn State, but you limited them. Um, and then in the halves, you know, second half of of Louisville and and things like that, when Indiana puts together good strings of football, they're pretty tough, uh, and and that's what needs to happen. You you know you're you're going on the road. Um, We'll see how hostile an environment is, but it, it it's still a road game, um, and you gotta be able to catch punts, not muff them, keep the ball. Uh, you know, IU put the ball on the ground twice. Yeah, they recovered their own fumbles, but that's something that you know will flip the game on its head. Uh, this week if that happens and and Illinois recovers, uh, there were no offensive penalties. Uh, against IU, no special, big special teams penalties, uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, you that that's what you got to do. You got to play smart, not safe, but smart football, and and limit those, you know, limit those mistakes. IU only had two penalties for thirty yards last week. Wisconsin had eight for seventy eight, and a three of those were huge pass interference penalties. So. Maybe I use putting it together at the, at the right time. What's your second key to the game? Second key is going to be Indiana consistently being able to uh, stop Illinois' running game. I think if you can at least limit that and force Luke Altmaier uh, into, again, third and medium or third and long situations, uh, I like Indiana's chances. I think I has been pretty good. Um, in those types of situations the past two weeks, both against Wisconsin and against Penn State. Uh, they've they've made opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable with pretty good secondary play, and they're doing a good job of getting pressure on the quarterback in obvious passing situations. Uh, so, you know, again, getting the offense for both teams, getting offenses off schedule is something that neither offense is going to be able to recover from very well. Um, and we brought up Luke Altmeyer's you know, propensity to turn the ball over, that's a great way to do it. Forced him into third and long where he's forced to make a play, you could find yourself uh, getting some some interceptions. So Indiana uh, on defense, stopping or limiting the run on first and second down and forcing those third and long situations. Yeah, I'm going to go all eyes got to be on Isaiah Williams. Um, 17 targets last week. He's their go-to receiver, best punt returner in the Big Ten right now statistically. Um, he's the guy when they're in trouble, they lean on. Uh, and you're going to have to put your best, you know, cover corner on him and maybe double team him and things like that. And just try to – you can't really take him out of the game. Um, they're going to try and force him into the game, but limit the damage when he does, when he does get the ball. You know, maybe – you know, to the old WAP failure game where you have 18 catches for 82 yards instead of 10 catches for 130. Um, you know, if you could take Isaiah Williams out of the offense, he's a special player. 
then you you make them one dimensional. So kind of kind of the opposite of what you said. You know, you you say make them one dimensional in the pass game. I'm gonna go one dimensional. Let them you know let them try to run the ball uh, and things like that. But you have to pay attention to Isaiah Williams. Uh, final thoughts and then yeah. predictions, TJ. Well, you you mentioned kind of that postseason hope staying alive for another week. Uh, it it does seem ridiculous uh, that IU is still alive for a bowl game, but you look at what's closing, and it's Illinois, Michigan State, who not good, um, and then Purdue, who is two and seven. So there's there's hope here. There's an opportunity here. And I'm sure that Indiana is going to be, you know, pretty fired up all week at practice, knowing that they've given themselves a chance. Um, it's it's a small chance, but it is a chance. Now, going on the road in the Big Ten, typically not something IU has any success doing, but I don't think anybody would describe Illinois as being a hostile place to play. Uh, it's it's still a road game, but you know, you're not going to uh, a tremendous opponent here uh, with some rabid fan base. So uh, there's there's a chance for Indiana. They are six-point underdogs as of today. Six-point uh, six underdogs. Um, so my prediction, and I'm, I'm choosing hope here, uh, don't know how much I actually believe it, but I do think – Indiana has played their best two games of the season these past two weeks. I think that that's fair to say. They played very well against Penn State, made some critical mistakes, played well against Wisconsin, and avoided critical mistakes. So, you know, there's there's reasons for this optimism combined with, I just, I don't think Illinois is good. Um, this is not nearly the team that Illinois had last season. Uh, major, major difference in their secondary in particular and on the offensive line. So I, I like Indiana going into this matchup to come out with a, a victory. I think it's going to be very close, low scoring. I'm going to go Indiana winning it 24 to 20, um, holding Illinois late, kind of similar to uh, to last week, I think IU gets out to a lead uh, and then holds on with the late defensive stop to get the win. Yeah, that's about the same as I was gonna say. Um, I I don't know if they'll they'll be forty five total points in, in this. I haven't really dove into the weather all that much uh but this screams like 21 17 or 2017 or 17 14 uh and stuff like that it's it's two offenses who have struggled to move the ball consistently uh yes they do have playmakers on both sides but the defense also has playmakers as well uh, i do think indiana comes out with a win uh they have been playing their best football of of late i think that this playoff mentality, however corny that people think it is or, or ridiculous, it, it it has worked. They, they've th- this team has started to gel, and the veterans on this team could have easily have quit after the Rutgers loss because uh, a lot of people, uh, including us, started with the 
hot seat talked it, the, it's time to blow it up it's over and it, it felt like that at that time uh but this team has rallied they've come together the leaders on this team it, it shows you the culture of this team and i know a lot of people poo poo the leo stuff but you know what it, it is it has worked um and things like that so you saw it last year when they went to michigan state and and pulled off a win there uh, Dexter Williams gets hurt. You don't know what happens uh, against Purdue, but you know, this late season resurgence, uh, you know, yeah, you, you hoped you didn't need it. Uh, but it, it looks like it's back for IU and, you know, you hope that your margin for error is gone. So it's time to eliminate the errors. I think Indiana wins this one 20 to 17, uh, over Illinois. Yeah, I, I don't blame anybody out there listening for thinking we are insane um, for, for calling. People for called us insane that you know, Indiana would score 20 wins, points but... against Wisconsin. And guess what? They scored 20 points against Wisconsin, TJ. I, I bookmarked and, and photoshopped that that comment. That we were true homers and optimists that they would score 20 points against Wisconsin. They scored 20 right on the nose. I probably should have scored more. That's right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that that's something that, you know, leaving those points on the board, obviously, that will that will bite you if you continue to do that. Um, but Indiana did not beat themselves. They did right. not beat themselves. And Wisconsin couldn't do it. I think you can say the same thing about Illinois. Yep. If you go there, play a clean game, don't beat yourself and make some key plays in those critical situations, don't beat yourself. I don't think Illinois will either. You know, Illinois is not going to necessarily, uh, you wouldn't expect, all of a sudden turn into, you know, this explosive play offensive juggernaut. They are very, very similar to Indiana. Very similar. They've got some key weaknesses. They've got some good athletes and some good strengths. They beat themselves then sometimes they make enough plays to win. The difference between the two teams, Illinois plays in the West. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the difference. It's kind of ridiculous, yep. but it's the difference. Yep. And, and, yep. and you've and seen Illinois it. will be mad about that. That's fine. I'm not comparing the programs like historically, but right now I, I really do think that that, that is – the primary difference between the two programs here the past couple seasons. Yeah. Illinois played in the West. Same with Purdue, same with uh, Nebraska, Minnesota. Heck yeah. I was scoring what eight points a game and they're, uh, they're leading the West. Yeah. They're at, at least <laughs> Iowa has an elite, like at least Iowa has something that is elite. Like that defense is legitimately really good. It is. Yes. Now, is it is it aided by getting to play all the Big Ten West offenses? Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely is. It definitely is. But still, that is a really good off or a really good defense. Mm-hmm. So at least Iowa has that. Illinois does not. Like I think that their defense is decent and has one elite difference making player. Yep. But and as you a just whole unit, to... they're they're just fine. They're just yeah. fine. Yep, and you and just have to. In the East, their numbers would look just like I use. 
Yep. And you just have to make sure that that elite player doesn't take over the game, um, which he is very capable of doing. Uh, So Indiana's got to done for sure. Yeah. Indiana's got to watch out for that. So Indiana and Illinois kick off at 12 p.m. Eastern time. If you're heading to the game, it'll be an 11 a.m. local kick uh, with the uh, with the, the time change. Uh, it'll be on Big Ten Network, and uh, you can follow us at Hoosier underscore huddle. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your uh, pregame lead-up articles. Injury report should come out around 10 o'clock on Saturday. We'll have that posted for you as well. Some big injuries to look out for on both sides, um, uh, for both teams on on this one on Saturday. And then, um, you know, just some other news and notes, TJ. The uh, Michigan State kick time will be announced on Sunday, so keep your your eyes out for that. I predict if IU wins, it'll be a 3-30 game. If IU loses, it'll be uh, whatever earliest time slot on Big Ten alternate channel 9 will be. Yep. Yep. We, um, we appreciate everybody listening and I, I hope, uh, hope we have another fun victory podcast, uh, next week. That is something we don't get to do as near as much as we'd like to. And it's uh, always great when we get to, so hopefully the, uh, the hope stays alive for another week. Yep. Playoff mentality. This is playoff game number two in a four game season. Uh, and, and I use looking to go two and two. So thanks for listening. Uh, you can download the podcast on Apple podcast or whatever you get your, your podcast at. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Illinois, Indiana game, as well as previewing the old brass platoon matchup. Thank you. Enjoy IU basketball tonight. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.